It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. I would like to highlight a ministry that I have loved for years, Compassion International. Compassion is an incredible organization that is all about releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. They currently serve over 2 million children and their families in some of the most poverty-stricken areas of the world. And here is my favorite part. All of this is happening in the local church. Compassion is all about equipping the local church so every single child is cared for by the leaders in their community. As a pastor, I found Compassion to be a strategic part of our global mission strategy. As a church, we've incorporated Compassion into our focus on Honduras. Compassion made it easy for everyone in our church to put their faith in action by caring for a child in need. I would encourage anyone listening to learn more about Compassion, sponsor a child, and release them from poverty in Jesus' name. Visit Compassion.com slash Family Goals to sponsor a child today. Today, we have a special guest on the podcast, the coach of the 2021 NCAA Basketball National Champion Baylor Bears, Coach Scott Drew. And, and, and I like the shirts you got on. How about that? Yeah, I wore that for you. Well, actually, he tells me one time, he says, hey, I got a, I got a guy dressing up in a bird costume because Trey Young is afraid of birds, and we're going to try to intimidate Trey Young when, when Oklahoma comes in. <laughs> oh, tr- trust me, that's what I was going to get into. I mean, like, he's got over-the-top ideas. Like, he does research. I mean. Hold on. Hold on. And now, I don't, I don't even know what's going on here, but this is awesome, and people are going to love this. But, and then Trey Young gets drafted by the Hawks. And oh, a yeah. hawk mascot. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we're not going to see him, like, hugging on the <laughs> hawk mascot, Harry the Hawk, or whatever it is. That's Yeah. This is great stuff. Yeah, Ashley is convinced that, that he's won a few games for Baylor. And that he, he said he got into Bill Self's head one time. He even got a smirk out of Bill Self one time, he said. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what he did to, to get the smirk because he told me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, I, I want I want everybody to get to know you, Coach, because um, we read your book, The, the Road to Joy, um, and we've seen you have a, a ton of success. This is Scott Drew, the, the men's coach for Baylor. And um, we love watching your teams. I love watching your teams. I love watching them compete. They're a little bit different. But talk to me about your dad. Like, your, your dad was a, 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 football, or a basketball coach, excuse me, and you worked for your dad. I think it's so cool, some of the stories in the book with, with your dad, but talk about your dad and your mom just as their influence growing up and, and making you the man you are today. Well, um, I, I was really blessed from the standpoint uh, a lot of people uh, um, uh, spend time with their, with their parents, and then when they go to college, they're gone and it's over. They leave, take a job after that. And the fact that I was able after college to come back, work with my dad um, and spend that time with them, uh, that was, and, and hopefully I was uh, more mature and a better son than I was when I was uh, uh, eight and 10 years old, causing chaos around the house. Uh, but the fact that uh, my dad was a Hall of, T- Hall of Fame coach, um, but he was a better father. And there's no no one you'd rather have great memories or even tough times to endure with than family. And I was able to do that with my dad and uh, uh, wouldn't have the professional success without him. 
um, but more importantly, the memories and the opportunity to spend that quality time with them when I was age 22 uh, to 31 years old that normally you don't get. Um, because in the coaching profession, you spend uh, uh, a lot of time in the office and with the team, and the team is is your coaching staff and the players. So uh, I was extremely blessed with that. Yeah, and, and, you know, basketball, we go a little longer in football because football, I mean, you guys go hit, beat up each other. Yep. Basketball can be all day long. All yeah, right? <laughs> well, we're, we're a little tougher. But that's, that's just a side oh, yeah. note. Just a little, little, little tougher there. Hey, hey, you know, you want to know how you ask that or answer that question easily? There's not many guys on your basketball team that are going, oh, let's go play football. Nah, bro. Yeah. You're putting those pads on, getting out in that heat with that sloppiness. But but I think another cool thing about, about your dad is your dad had an opportunity to pursue his dream of coaching big-time basketball like you're doing. But yeah. but he chose he chose you guys over over that. T tell us a little bit about that and what that modeled for you. Well, with, with the NCAA, uh, back in the day, you could recruit 24-7 on the road. And I think like the last year, 156 or 158 nights, he was gone. So uh, my mom tells the story. One night he came back from recruiting and uh, basically uh, uh, us kids thought he was a burglar. And at that point, he's like, I got to change professions. So um, the fact that that uh, he was knocking on the door to be a, a, a young uh, head Division One coach, and yet he gave that up to go to a small uh, uh, division in AIA school just so he could spend more time with me, my brother, and sister. Uh, now that I'm where I'm at, and uh, meaning when you're when you're in the profession and you know just uh, the temptation to uh, uh, achieve success at the highest level, to give that up. Uh, to spend time with your kids was just uh, uh, an amazing sacrifice, but also probably why I'm in the profession and why my brother's in the profession. Uh, at the end of the day, if you don't uh, uh, look up to your dad and he's not a role model, you're not trying to follow in his footsteps. And I think one of the ultimate compliments a son could ever give his father is to try to uh, go in the profession uh, that he chose and be like him. Um, but uh, definitely... Uh, uh, Growing up, uh, he could have been gone the whole time and chased his goals and dreams. Uh, but the fact that uh, uh, God opened a different door for him and put it on his heart to spend time with us, then the the irony or just how God works on the back end, now he he leads Valpo to a Sweet 16, one of the first mid-major Cinderella stories ever. And he got a, uh, had those opportunities to achieve success at the Division One level. Um, but he got to do it with my brother and me and uh, our family, which was amazing. I, I remember that. I think it was against Ole Miss when your brother hit the hit the game winning three pointer in, in March Madness. Yeah, DP likes that. You know the SEC schools when they take L's. He likes that, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, I, I enjoy. I always cheer for the upsets, though. The upsets and the tourneys, you know, make it uh, make it what it is. But that that story and, and that play, like. I mean, how cool is that? Like, that's 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 your brother, man. Like, that play, not only that, he was the 17th pick in the NBA draft and went on to play with, obviously, you know, guys like Charles Barkley and have, a, have an NBA career. But, like, how cool is it to be a part of, not only that, like, you got your dad who's who's royalty. You got your brother who's royalty. Like, just being a part of that family and, and the pride that that probably brings you. I remember the morning going to that game because – uh, we had gone to the NCAA tournament a couple times before. First time we got blew out by Arizona, and uh, uh, it was an embarrassing thing. The next one we're playing Boston College, and we're up. And uh, uh, in the last few minutes of the game, ended up losing it. 
and you're that close to having an upset and that Cinderella moment. And then the last year, um, going, I remember going to the uh, Oklahoma City and pulling up, and I'm like, man, I don't want this to be the last time I coach the seniors, and especially the last time I coach my brother. And the fact that that we played well, we're up, and then they come down, and, and they should have put the game away. They missed two, two free, free throws. throws. Yep. And and it's a play that uh, my dad would always at the end of practice we'd run and me and my brother would be like why are we always running this we never use this thing you know <laughs> <laughs> yep. but I guess dad always knows best and uh, the fact that not only do you win the game and you receive you have the opportunity to have that Cinderella moment still a lot of times they have a, a top ten NCAA tournament uh, memories and that's top five yep. and uh, uh, my brother hits the three dives on the four and they say why do you dive on the four and well he had two six six twins running at him uh both uh uh for us benching like 330 so those are monsters for, <laughs> for basketball you know football i mean that's probably a db but basketball them big dudes yeah. all right so he, he dives down and i'm it's the only time that i've ever like all the coaches we ran we got on top see we're smart we're <laughs> oh on yes on top of but but uh, to share that moment uh and then you win the next game go to the sweet 16 but every time they play that in uh, March Madness, uh, it's just an amazing uh, part to be uh, uh, remembered the emotions and feelings that go into that. Well, and, and I love how you said, like, in the book, like, I, I think, you know, you can you can get bitter about that stuff. You know, you can get bitter about your your brother being the, the, the person that's always talked about. And I love how you like, I, I take a lot of pride in it because it got me to Baylor. But but here's 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 something that I thought was really cool. Like, you're you're at Valpo. And, and you're learning in your coaching journey. And you told your dad, like, basically, and everybody when you got hired, like, I'll do whatever it takes. Like, I'll do whatever you don't want to do. And, and you're learning, you're growing. But I, I love how you said you learn from your brother. And talk about, like, eavesdropping in on conversations. and Because I, I think this is a super cool story that, that everybody would love. Like, you're, you're learning how to be a great basketball coach and probably lessons in, that you learned then that you're imploring now. Well, Jesus came to serve and not be served. And coaches, uh, our our goals and uh, our, our definition of a coach is to serve your players to basically get them to where they want to go. And the fact that I I played a smart a small part in helping my brother uh, be drafted uh, 16th, play with the Rockets for uh, two years, one with the Bulls, three with the Hornets, um, to have a chance to help him achieve that. And at the same time, he helped us achieve un unprecedented success at a mid-major school at that time. And during the recruiting process, the, the irony was he was a real late bloomer. Like everyone in our family, we really grow late. And so we were smart enough to hold him back. So he was able to be tall enough, strong enough, big enough uh, to win Mr. Basketball in Indiana. Um, and then and then during that process, though, the beginning of his senior year, he was recruited by LaSalle with Speedy Morris and uh, uh, some other schools that weren't as high profile. By the end of the year, he was recruited by every top 20 program in the country. So uh I, obviously, I'm I'm recruiting him to Valpo, so I'm <laughs> he's recruiting his brother, and his dad's recruiting him to to come yeah, to it, Valpo. We 
all live in the same house. I mean, I'm making his bed for him. I'm doing his dishes for him. I mean, what do you need? You want me to carry your books to school? Um, and then, and then when when letters come in, I mean, if it's a good letter, he's not seeing it. You know, we're throwing that thing away. <laughs> but, but the fact that, that that you see how everyone writes letters, you see how people are calling and talking, and and you're seeing how they do home visits. And once they leave the home, you're like, that's really good. We're keeping that. We're using that. By the way, that's don't good. listen to what they said, Bryce. That's <laughs> awful stuff. Don't do that. What about what about the phone conversations? Don't don't yeah, don't so, don't like those. So, yeah, so the old school, you know, like like nobody nobody had the iPhones back in the day. Like it, it was the ding a ding a ding answer the house phone, right? So you know, first of all, if you're answering the house phone, you want Bry Bryce? No, Bryce isn't here. He's not here. Uh, <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> but but if if Bryce was there, the the beauty was uh, I was able to actually listen to a lot of those conversations, and uh, you just pick up a lot of great lines and recruiting philosophies and thoughts and. And honestly, it was, it was, it's like you go to a clinic and we call it clinic talk. Coaches talk about things they don't want to give away. You know, they yep. give you some nuggets, but they're not giving the treasure away because that's what separates them. But the fact that you're able to listen to home visits, phone calls, uh, uh, see how people do everything. You got the real stuff. You got mm. their a game, you got the treasure. And then from that, uh, it was, it was, it was the best recruiting class you could ever be in or basketball coaching uh, class you could ever be in because you got 30 schools here showing you what they do and how they do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's let's talk yeah, about. DP was a little different, you know. They just showed up in football with bags of money. And that's what you can <laughs> they showed up with bags of Big Macs. I'm about to say and bags cheeseburgers. of cheeseburgers for your boy. I was not <laughs> taking anything. I was that was a little hefty, little heavy lunch. Not rec recruiting. I, I tell you what, though, to that to that vein, recruiting is totally different now, and and it's a yeah. different world than it than it used to be. Um, so how do you handle the the world now? Like, how do you? How do you do like how do you do it nowadays and NIL and transfer you know, portal? I, I, yeah, transfer portal. And I, and I was talking to you, scheduling this interview, just texting you back and forth, and you're like, I'm still recruiting my players. Like, there's, I mean, I, I, I remember talking to Kirby. He was like, we used to go on the road after the season was done, but he's like, now we got to stay because we got to recruit our guys. Like, we can't go on the road too much because somebody's going to come in. But like today's culture and recruiting, and from those conversations you had with your, how much has it changed and I mean, do you like it, or how, how have you had to change with it? Well, for, first of all, in sports, everything's evolving. Uh, schematically, uh, recruiting, everything that you do, uh, you're, you're constantly keeping up with the times. Otherwise, you're getting left behind. With uh, name, image, and likeness, uh, uh, I mean, most coaches are always in favor of players being able to be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. I don't think coaches disagree with that. Uh, at the same time, uh, the question now, is it pay for play? Is it name, image, and likeness? Like how, what are going to be the parameters? And uh, with Charlie Baker running the NCAA, I think he's going to, with legislation, find out and give us better guardrails. So again, coaches want to do things the right way and uh, uh, programs want to be run the right way. The more guidance and direction and, and how things change, um, to make sure uh, players are protected, programs are protected. Uh, but I think someone said this in, in the coaching profession, and, I, and I've stolen it because basically 50 to 75% more work has been thrown on coaches for the same job. And, and you're, you're, you're now uh, uh, doing things um, in recruiting. Uh, it used to be, like you said, season ended. You took a month to recharge when 
players went home and then you were excited for the summer because you had a break, they had a break. Um, now I think everybody's uh, vacations with their family and everything will completely shift until uh, uh, recruiting and the rosters are finalized. And um, that's just how things have changed. And we'll, we're going through a, a transition period, all sports, uh, to figure this out. But uh, I know I know with my dad, the reason he – changed was so he could spend family time i know we're gonna have to make changes otherwise uh uh i know coaches we get paid for what we do um but there's no money that that replaces family and there's no money that per replaces happiness and there has mm -hmm. to be a balance and uh, as we get better guardrails and we get better uh, uh recruiting periods and one of the things i love about uh, when you start out in the profession you're blessed to learn from a lot of people and they hopefully make the profession better for you. Um, now I've been in it for 30 years. I'm trying to make it better for the, those that are in tw their twenties, because right now the profession uh, is, is, is not in a good place as far as uh, just the guardrails and the calendars and everything matching up so that you can have a good uh, uh, family balance and work life balance. And that's for everybody involved, I believe. Scott, you had a credit model for your dad, keeping family a priority. How, how have you been able to keep family a priority? What are some things that you do to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be home with my wife. Or I'm going to be home with my kids, or I'm going to keep, keep family a priority. Well, I, I know uh, uh, that's probably one of the toughest things coaches deal with. And uh, it, at the end of the day, uh, it, you're constantly working um, uh, to try to be present when you're home, uh, try to be able to, to, to be there for your family. You only get one shot at being a dad. You only get one shot at being a husband. And, uh, I'll be honest, uh, 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 a lot of coaches have a lot of regrets when it comes to family. Um, the good thing is I learned from my mom and dad and I, uh, I know they're great parents. And so if I can, uh, take their strengths and, uh, uh, exemplify them and use them. And it all starts, uh, with a marriage. If it's not a Christ centered marriage, uh, it's, it's, it's hard enough. 50% people get, uh, uh, divorced and, uh, to have a Christ centered marriage, uh, uh, and keep, uh, um, your family focused, uh, God first, that gives you a chance to be successful. Uh, at the end of the day with my, with my kids, and I heard this from uh, DP and I loved it after every sporting event, did you play as hard as you could and did you have fun? And uh, that's something I try to take away when I heard him say that with uh, my three children. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I will have had a successful life as a father and a husband if uh, uh, I know my kids are in heaven and as many of our mm -hmm. players who are there. Because at the end of the day, uh, money isn't buying your way into heaven. And uh, Jesus is the one that did the work, and uh, uh, through Him and uh, faith and grace and uh, our Lord and Savior, that's that's how we're getting to heaven. And uh, to me, uh, that's all that matters at the end of the day. So, constant struggle, trying to balance it. I wish I could give you a cliff note version because right now with our profession, it's harder than ever to have that. And that's why uh, I'm so excited to see what changes we can make. We can make in the next year or two in the recruiting models and 
in the the portal and everything because you want to be fair you want to be just but everything can't be one way or the other good business is everybody benefits so we need to find a way for everyone to benefit and not just the coaches or a program or the players or the agents it's it needs to be how can everybody benefit and uh if if kids uh and families are lost in the process that's not a good that's not a good business deal for anybody yeah and i and i say i i've i've reading your book, reading your story, talking about somebody that's dealt with difficult times. I think you'll understand this. Like I want to take you back. Like everybody thinks about coach. And I think you think about 2021 winning a national championship, watching that Baylor team. Um, but, but getting the Baylor job years and years and years before that, like that was the time when, when Baylor, they had, they had a murdering of a team, a teammate murdered a teammate and they're looking for their next coach. And, how the heck do you walk into that job and, and create culture? You know, you, you, you walk into a job where you had that kind of stuff and the coach gets fired for, you know, for lying and even more stuff that was going on and, and just a, a hard situation. You're in a hard situation now that you're navigating through, but how did you take that team to, to all this, to, from that year to losing, to struggling, struggling, trying to field a team? I love the story outside of Fazoli's that you're, you're recruiting. He saw a six-foot-six guy outside of Fazoli's, and literally, like, him and his coach walked up to him and was like, hey, do you play basketball? Like, recruiting anybody you can <laughs> to building it to a national champion, you know, that you build in the powerhouse that you've built now. But, like, how, do you, how did you deal with that circumstance, and how did you create – the culture of joy that ended up turning into a national championship. Well, I, I know uh, <laughs> the, the, we're looking for walk-ons because we had half a team of walk-ons and you, you see a six, 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 seven guy that says he's a Baylor student. And then you spend two weeks trying to find him and you can't, you're like, what's going on around here? You know, <laughs> keyword though, you, keyword being a Baylor student, right? Like everybody, every other Baylor student was six foot tall. Where, where'd the six, seven guy go? You know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, 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 my dad, uh, w one thing that once I took the job, uh, he said, let's read the book of Job. <laughs> he spent the first three years in the book of Job. I'm like, is there any other book in the Bible? I mean, what's the <laughs> that's a good one to start at. So, so, so uh, uh, and that's where your, your mentor, how you learn to do things, uh, how you're coached, how you're brought up so important because how we've always run uh, a program is, is, is a player's first program. And that is, uh, I mean, we're, we're here to serve and, and bring out the best in our, our players. And uh, at Baylor, they, it's called preparing champions for life. It's spiritual, it's academic, it's character formation, and it's athletic um, and pouring into the, the total student athlete uh, and, life is short. You want to recruit people that you want to spend time with. Uh, with me, I've been really blessed because I've learned from our, our staff each and every day, not only basketball wise, but how to be a better husband, father, um, how to be a better Christian man and iron sharpens iron. And uh, again, I get more selfish the older I get to try to bring uh, student athletes that I want to be around personally. And I want to learn from and help them grow uh, because uh, Life is short, and this profession um, makes it even shorter because you're constantly on the go. So uh, with us, uh, building this program, a culture of joy, you always learn from others. I know uh, uh, Dabo had uh, uh, the culture of joy. He got it from Tony Dungy, and it's always what we've done, Jesus, others, yourself. I mean, uh, when, you, when you're putting yourself first, usually bad things are happening. People don't want to be your teammate. You don't want to coach that kind of guy. 
uh, when your priorities are right, everybody wants to be around you. And that's, I mean, that's how everybody uh, eats and how everybody um, uh, in the Bible teach her what's the greatest commandment of the law. Love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who doesn't want to be a teammate with somebody uh, that that puts them over themselves? And mm. at, at the end of the day, everybody on the rope pulling the same direction, you get more accomplished. How, how do you build that culture? Jesus uh, first, others second, yourself third. Like, what are some things you do with your players other than just saying it? Do y'all? Yeah. 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 Actions always speak louder than words. And with us, uh, we're really blessed to be uh, uh, at a school where um, spiritually we can do things. Uh, we start every practice with a prayer. We end every practice with a prayer. Um, we have game day chapel services. Um, we have a, uh, our staff. W w we do a coach's Bible study. The players have a, a, a Bible study. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's like I want to get stronger, but you never go to the weight room. Uh, I want to gain weight, but you never eat. I mean, it, everything falls in line and uh, uh spiritually if you want to grow you got to be in the word you got to uh um be these two that way we have a no cussing policy in practice i mm. mean you cuss you got push-ups or lines that. it's coaches players um so uh and and we all sin we all make mistakes uh but again we just want to have the right culture so when dp brings his four-year-old to practice uh we don't want him walking home with a bunch of uh four-letter words that that dp didn't teach him you know, That's so awesome. we want to be great role models. That That, that is so cool and, and so different. Um, I, I remember texting Dabo like eight or 10 years ago and, and the culture of football, you know, it was dominated by, you know, Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. And I was just like, hey, can can you be different? Can, can you be a coach that doesn't swear? Can you be a coach that does that and, and not be the dictator type? Because it used to be the dictator type, right? Like you do as I say right now. Um, but these kids have changed, man. Like you, you go tell a kid to dig a hole. Now they're gonna be like, why? Like, why, why, why would I how, 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 how big does the hole need to be? Like no profanity. Like how does that, how does that go over with the kids? And, and I, that, that, that would be, uh, I'd be just curious to know how that goes over with them. Well, I think, I think, uh, it starts with, um, uh, certain, certain coaches are better for certain kids. And if, if you're somebody that needs to be uh, uh, cursed out every day, we tell them don't come here because we can't get the most out of you. If mm. you're someone that, I mean, uh, in our coaching, we want to deal with people that are mature enough. We can explain what we need you to do, why we need you to do it, how we need you to do it. And you want to be successful. So you're going to do it. And now, now are we passionate? Uh, uh, are we energetic? Yeah. But it, 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 at the end of the day, uh, you can you can get across all those emotions in different ways. And that's what's the beauty of sports. There's a million ways to do it. And in coaching, there's a million ways to do it. And I always say two plus two equals four, three plus one equals four, six minus two equals four. And uh, what what way's best for you? What way? Uh, uh, and you can't be fake. You can't be phony. You got to be uh, who God made you to be. Um, but we're always growing. We're always pruning. We're always trying to improve. And so with that, that's just how we do it. And some people thrive in it. Some people don't. And uh, we try to help those not come in that we can't get the most out of, meaning you want to be the best player you can be and use all the talents God gave you uh, to your fullest. And, and some programs will help you achieve that more than others. How many push-ups? What's the punishment? <laughs> well, it depends. Uh, uh, On which word you use? 
Now, at the beginning of the year, it might be five, it might be 10, and then it goes to lines, and it might be uh, like, so So tr- traditionally, if we're if we're having a problem with a lot of curse words, we're running a lot of lines as the players. Um, the coaches, usually, it's it's only a couple push-ups a year just because um, we're used to it, you know, and, and but but players, uh, uh, we change it throughout, and kind of like uh, if you're not playing defense, you got to raise the standards to make sure you play defense, you know, and you raise the punishment to, to adjust to that. I always say we had a player, Rico Gathers. You could tell he cursed a lot because he was a monster. <laughs> monster. <laughs> hey, hey, coach. I'm joking. He was really, he was really strong, but uh, he didn't cuss that much. He was he swole. Just, he was one. Of, he was one of the ones. Was he the one who dyed his hair different colors? No, that that was Jeremy Sohan. So Rico Gathers. He was a baller Rico too. Gathers was, was like tied in. Didn't he try out for I the NFL to so play I'll tight end? T- I'll tell you how strong he was. All right, Rico went to the Dallas Cowboys. DP, how big do you got to be to walk in the locker room with the Cowboys and get the nickname Zeus? Oh, that means you're that means you're sculpted <laughs> too. Then. Straight up, like you are a basketball player, and your nickname is Zeus in the locker. I mean, a guy just made him a freak. He looked like LeBron when he was born. I mean, he just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta ask then, how, how many push-ups did you have to do for the Oklahoma game that you wrote about in the book? When you said we got to keep their urses <laughs> off the glass, how many did well, you have? I could, I could do, I could do about fifty at a time if I need to. But dang, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but, but ser- ser- seriously, uh, uh, I mean, we don't, we don't. That's not the culture around here, and that's cool, and and that's just how it is. And what 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 you love as a coach is when the players police themselves. When someone curses and someone says you got five, if that that's as a coach, when the players lead the team, you know your job is done, and those are the most successful teams. I think one of the misnomers about being a Christian is that we're soft or we're weak and the whole idea of being kind just because you're kind and and generous and loving or forgiving towards people doesn't mean you can't be can't be competitive it doesn't mean you can't be can't be tough and one of the things that that Ashley told me is that that you are super competitive and Mm. he, he thinks one of your successes is your mental toughness and your your resilience. Yes, you're kind and you experience joy and you have that culture, but you're also super tough, super resilient. Can you speak into that a little bit? Well, I, I first of all, if you're not competitive as a coach, you're not in the profession because <laughs> you're already fired. All right, so uh, you're competitive, and uh, now uh, uh, what guardrails and and what safety nets do you put up to make sure it's a good competitiveness? And uh, one thing, one thing. Uh, um, uh, you mentioned, uh, uh, Ashley Hodge and, uh, it, it, God's given us all talents and abilities. If you, if, if, if you love what you're doing, it's not work. And I mean, I love forming teams. I love, uh, having an opportunity to pour into young people's lives. Um, but if you want to know about toughness, uh, at the end of the day, was there anyone tougher than Jesus? I mean, if you mm-hmm. saw the movie The Passion, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the toughest dude that ever lived. And uh, um, what he did for us, and you always do more for people you love. I mean, uh, you'll do things for your mom that you want to do for somebody else. And uh, at the at the end of the day, you got to be tough in sports, and uh, you got to be tough in in the workforce. You got to be tough uh, as a father. I mean, nothing's easy in life. 
And uh, uh, again, I think uh, uh, the best thing we, we can do is use all our talents and abilities to their fullest, uh, but do it in a way that would please and honor uh, God. We say play for an audience of one. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if, if you're playing for God and you get done and um, I made him proud today, I gave everything I had. Um, as, if it's not enough, you're going to go to the film, try to get better, but at least you know you can sleep at night knowing you gave your best. Yeah, my uh, my pregame, people would ask me all the time, what do you listen to pregame? And it was Audience of One by Big Daddy Weave. That was literally the song I listened to right before I went out to take the field. Nicholas, my son, listened to it one day. He was like, geez, Daddy, did you cry before you went on the field? <laughs> I was like, bro, I was hype enough. I, I didn't need any help uh, getting hype. Um, but but what do you, what, how about raising your voice in, in this in this atmosphere and in, in the world, like what, what are some things that you've done with your family to make sure that you, you keep them on track and, and help them grow and, and, and really facilitate the things that you want them to grow and the lessons you want them to learn? Well, I, I'm really blessed because, uh, uh, as a coach, you are gone a lot and, uh, my my wife's incredible, and and her best quality is uh, her faithfulness to uh, uh, Jesus Christ, and she raises him in a godly manner, and um, that that that's such a blessing uh, when you know you're not there that they're being raised uh, uh, um, in that manner. Um, at the same time, uh, you can you can uh, uh, hear a, a a lesson or you can see a lesson. And I think actions always speak louder than words and what you do and how you do it matters most. So, uh, is it, is it easy? No. And that, that's why, that's why we're going to heaven one day and that's a lot better place than, than where we're at. Um, but with, with, with the, uh, if I can keep the priorities straight for him. And, and I try to learn every day from, uh, when I, when we grew up, my dad tried to learn from James Dobson, focus on the family. And I mean, nowadays with technology, there's so many different podcasts, um, and sermons and different things. Normally when, when I work out, uh, uh, I've been doing the, the Peloton for the last year, two years, and that's a great time to to listen to podcasts. You know what? You can listen to podcast sermons on one and a half speed, two speed. Yep. Um, you get twice twice in in a quicker amount of time. But uh, again, I I I learned daily to try to be a better better father, and that was one thing I I, I picked up from DP. Just uh, uh, two things to ask uh, your kids after each game, and that's something I've passed on to other people, but. Is, is there, is there, I don't know if, if just exemplifying what to do uh, is, is probably the biggest thing that I try to do as a dad. And, and with my dad, I remember in his generation, it was really big in uh, have your kids do a million different things and find out where their joy is, where their happy place, where God gave them their talent. And like after one piano lesson, I knew that wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned your wife. I want to, I think it was pretty cool in the book, which you, which you hit with the book. You said you started praying for a godly woman. Like you wanted the right kind you weren't, you weren't going out to bars. You were coached. Like there was a lot of things in your life that was a distraction. It was hard to meet girls, but talk about how you met your wife. Yeah. Again, watch what you, 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 you pray for. Cause, uh, 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 I know with me, um, my mom and dad always said, we just want you to have a Christian wife. And I'm like, well, I want a hot wife. I want all but, of it. Yeah, yeah. But at the, at, at the end of the day, 100%, the thing that matters most is 
a Christian wife and who God uh, knows compliments you and who you can be successful with. And uh, I, I know I, I started praying for a Christian wife and within within a year I was uh, married and that's that. So uh, Coach Tang on our staff that now is the head coach at Kansas State, same same type of story. So uh, a lot of times people are like, I want to get married. I want to get, I want to find the perfect. When you start praying for the right spouse, and that starts with a Christian spouse that God wants you to have, um, you better buckle up because you're going to get, you're going to get rocked. <laughs> <laughs> you, meant, you mentioned Coach Tang. I wanted to ask you about him. Um, how does it make you feel that he's had such success going to Kansas State? And I think he was the coach of the year for the Big 12. I forget coach of the year in the Big 12, national coach. Oh, he was of the national year. coach of the year. National. Oh, wow. So, I mean, couldn't be more pleased and happy for him because uh, for 19 years, we, 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 uh, uh, blood, sweat, tears in the same to build Baylor basketball and, um, how we, done it he's i'm sure he's taken some things from and because it's our program it's not my program or one other coach's program it's our program same thing with the players uh we're all in this together and uh when 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 he went on his own uh obviously nobody's going to cheer harder for him than than us except for when we play him same thing <laughs> coach mccaslin had a tremendous amount of success at Arkansas State, North Texas, and now he'll be in the conference in the Big 12 at Texas Tech. He'll do a great job and uh, uh, couldn't be more pleased for him. Paul Mills, Oral Roberts, now at Wichita State, Coach Driscoll, North Florida. Uh, but but to me, when, when players leave and have success at the next level, you know you've done something to help contribute to that. When coaches leave, and have success at the next level. You know you've done something to contribute to that. And with my dad, my dad's had so many, like 100 former coach players and, and GAs, managers, and people that have gotten uh, in the coaching profession. You know you hopefully have had a small part in that. Uh, and that's really rewarding. Like mm -hmm. when, you're, when, you're, when your kids achieve success, uh, you couldn't be more happy for anybody. And that's, that's how it should be. Uh, it's not easy competing against them because you know whoever loses that that you know what they're feeling and you don't want your 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 brothers or uh, uh your closest uh family members or friends to feel that um or they don't want you to feel that that feeling but besides that uh it's 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 awesome raising raising your family and and raising your boys and your boys are what age so 15 and 12 and they're hoopers? so right now they right now they like being in the gym they like being around the players uh they like being around the the recruits and and that's that's awesome my daughter's a freshman at baylor and that's been a, a that's another cool. unique experience because uh she'll come over she'll work out in the uh the weight room and uh we'll, we'll eat lunch or we'll, we'll do something together and that's uh Again, as, as a dad, that that that's something really cool because normally they go to college and you don't see get away them from you, the holidays, <laughs> yeah. you know. So so now I see them anytime they want a free meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's smart business by daughter. That's good looking out. But like raising raising your kids, you know, like it, it, one of the things that we've talked about on here a good bit. Um, we talked about youth league sports and how it's 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 kind of taken hold of families and it's grabbed them and, and it's become so prevalent and you have to do this and you have to do that. Like, what do you say to that kind of culture that the world says you have to play basketball every single weekend and you got to grind and you got to, you got to miss church. And like, what, what do you say to, 
to people in that realm or that feel that kind of way? Well, I, everybody's got different stories and different passions and it works different for, for different people. Um, one thing I know they, they, they did a study and uh, more athletes have gotten injured, they believe, because they're just playing one sport. Growing up, everybody used to play different sports, different seasons. You develop different muscles. Um, nowadays, you just overtrain the same muscles a lot of times. Yep. Uh, with with youth sports, um, I, I can tell you that uh, uh, you want to be in the professional ranks. You want to be at the a power five or the highest level. So much comes down to how God made you. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, different positions. This is the speed. This is uh, the athleticism, the height, uh, basketball, the wingspan. I mean, um, you can play the sport and enjoy it and love it. But uh, how many people are under six foot in the NBA? Um, probably you can count them on one hand every year. And so uh, for for those parents that, that you know, my son's got to be in the NBA. Is it your dream? Is it their dream? Amen. And what 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 did God uh, uh, want them to do, and what plans does He have for their lives? And sports is amazing. It's a great teacher. It forms so many great habits, disciplines. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I've seen the bad side of it too, and the negative side of it. And that's you, you get uh, parents that are that are so overzealous. They're uh, constantly on the coach or the uh, uh, officials, uh, their, their kids, they, they, they put it to a point where they don't want to play in sports. They don't want them at the games. Um, I remember uh, uh, my little man played uh, for three minor league baseball players, uh, and they coached his t-ball team. So this is like five years old, six years old, four years old, whatever it was. After the season, one of them said, I'm never doing this again. I'm like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, parents. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like, like yep. just, just so you know, I am like the best parent. I am never saying anything negative about the coach. Uh, uh, Shouldn't. I'm not like, I mean, those, those officials are making five, $10, $20 a game. You want to go officiate for yeah. $5 and have everybody yell at you? I mean, like it, it, we've, we've gotten some things out of whack. People spend their entire uh, 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 summers and, and, and nowadays, I don't know about you guys, but growing up uh, uh, the time, my, my family vacation, seeing grandparents or things like that, that's priceless. And if you miss all of that because you feel like you got to play every weekend or play every tournament, I feel, I feel sorry for, for, for people in those situations because they're missing, they're missing family, friends, and memories that will last a lifetime and a lot longer uh, than sports. Again, don't get me wrong. Sports is an unbelievable teacher, but I think sometimes – uh, parents might be sold on a dream. Well, my son, for him to play in the NBA or NFL, they need to do this every yep. weekend and every day. And it's not true. Yeah, if you're 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 five six and 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 you don't have a wingspan, I don't know where you're going. Amen. You know what I mean? Because it's not it's That's not kind, the NBA. I, I like that because it's kind of Pastor Jay. It's always what I think. I just he said it better. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. put it together better than 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 I say it because it is. It's just it's out of whack and. I mean, it's just so much for these kids now to do. And, and they're trying to cram so much in now. And, and like, I, I didn't private lessons and, 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 and strength coaches and stuff for these kids when they're like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. And you're just like, dude, like, what? Cause I, I remember what I was doing as a kid then. I was riding my bike. 
I was cruising all through the neighborhood. Like it had nothing to do. My success had nothing to do with my parents putting me in the right teams. Like it literally had God touched me and gave me an ability that gave me a thick lower half. And like, I, I was really, really strong. Like it had nothing to do with all that. And I think we just get lost in that. And I get, I get frustrated with it because I want to talk sense into everybody, but I'm also the same person that needed sense talked into me about it when my kids were younger. Cause I was a little bit crazy at first. And then you realize you're like, all right, this is their life. This is their journey. Let's, let's help them, but let's not try to step in here and do it for them. Well, and then the other thing is, as a parent, you probably feel like, well, I'm not giving my, my child enough opportunity because I don't have a personal strength coach, a workout coach. Uh, I don't have them playing in this league or that league. And that, that's where, that's where uh, you speaking to, to parents and, and parents that probably listen to this. I mean, if, if, God, if God wants them in the NFL – and uh, uh, he gives them that talent, ability, and desire. They're going to be in the NFL, all right? But he doesn't give everybody – I mean, the NBA, it's 450 players in the world. I mean, the odds – World. You might as well, play the, you might as well yeah. play the lottery. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's hard to achieve. So um, if he gives you a passion and ability to have a chance to do it, you need to uh, give everything you have toward that. Um, but I know not every child has that, and – I you feel for those that that go through all that when when really there's no opportunity for that. Like me, I could never have been a doctor. All right, God did not give me that talent, ability, and desire. No matter what my parents would have wanted, I would not have been a good doctor. <laughs> well, at five foot two in high school, you weren't going to be a hooper either. So you knew that well, quickly. And, and, and I was mad at God. I was like, I was five one and a half to be honest. So I was like, Dang. <laughs> well, I, I like what you said. You, there's 450 people in the world in the NBA. Not every kid can make it to the NBA, but every kid can make it to heaven. Yep. Every kid has the opportunity. And I got chills, uh, Scott, when you said that you're a good father if your kids make it to heaven. I mean, I really got I got chills because I just want to take some of these parents and ring, ring them by the neck sometimes because they get so into this kid's sports and, the, and all this is like, most importantly is, is eternity. Where do you want your kids to spend eternity? And, and why would you prioritize sports over church or over, over, over your relationship with God? And uh, I just, I really did get chills when you said, I'm a good father if my, if my kids go to heaven. And, and, and at the end of the day, a lot of times they always say, you work so hard, you, you, you neglect your health. And then when you get older and you have money, you spend all that money to try to get your health to live longer, where that balance just comes in all along. But it, at the end of the day, none of us know when our, our last breath is going to be. And to me, uh, uh, if you're not going to heaven and you're in hell, like you're going to look back and what was I thinking? You know, what lie was I uh, believing? And, and uh, that's where, that's where podcasts are great because parents that want to uh, have a chance to know, you know what, my kids don't have to play every Sunday morning. They don't have to miss church every Sunday and I'm not holding something from them. Um, and that, that's a blessing with technology in that regards, because you can learn from a lot of different people. And, uh, I thank you guys because I, I, I learned from you. What, what are some of the podcast you mentioned getting on the treadmill and listen to podcasts? What, what are some of the podcasts you listen to, or what are some of the books that you would recommend for your own well, spiritual well, I'm growth? Give, I'm, 
Well, A Road to Joy is a great book, all right? <laughs> great book. I'm holding, hey, right here, coach. Right here. <laughs> but, but anyway, hey, you know, if you, if you, if you like easy reads, read coaching books because us coaches don't use big words, all right? Everything is real <laughs> easy. <laughs> it's that kiss theory, keep it simple, stupid. But, uh, 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 to, to my, my, my favorite one to listen to is, uh, 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 because I, I attend a church first Woodway. Um, but one of my uh, good friends is Jonathan Pacuda and he was in charge of the porch ministry in, in the Metroplex in Dallas, uh, at Watermark church. And now he's at Harris Creek and in, in Waco. And I love listening to his, his podcasts, um, uh, in, in sermons. And, uh, he's somebody that, uh, is phenomenal, uh, especially, uh, uh for college age kids. And, uh, since that's who I'm around all the time, uh, it keeps you young. Uh, but I really mm-hmm. learned from him and uh, so blessed to be able to uh, listen to him. Andy Stanley from your neck of the woods is yep. somebody that uh, uh, I've listened to a lot as well. Um, his, his, his dad, not as much, but uh, uh, Andy I have. And uh, as you know, in, in Texas, Georgia, there's so many great churches and we're really blessed to have, uh, uh, you mentioned Pastor Durham, you had some uh, uh, family in Waco and his son, John Durham at Highland Church is a phenomenal pastor. And uh, again, uh, some of the best communicators and uh, uh, people that, uh, one of my biggest questions for my daughter when when she went to Baylor, where are you going to church? Because we got so many good churches and mm-hmm. at Baylor University, we have so many great ministries uh, on campus, uh, like one of them's vertical and they'll be in the Farrell Center and they'll get four to 6,000 college kids some Sometimes and oh, wow. I mean just so many awesome. great ways to spiritually grow and, and and at the end of the day again you're not buying your way to heaven you're you're not earning your way God, you're not getting up there God what was your winning percentage how many pros did you develop like uh, uh, <laughs> how many millions did you make none of that matters so uh, what matters in constantly being reminded of that is so important. Well, we appreciate your time. Um, he also you know does listen to family goals. So if y'all want to. Listen to be with Coach, be like Coach Drew. Listen to Family Goals. We appreciate you, man. We appreciate your heart and uh, what you're doing for those Baylor, Baylor fans, those Sikkim fans. I know are excited to have you, and they're and they're they're lucky to have you, big dog. Well, appreciate you, and uh, you know, D- DP. The last time he was here, I think it was two times ago, college game day. He was putting work in the practice gym. They said he got serious games, so you might have missed your calling. You should might have been a basketball player, you know. <laughs> oh, don't give him a big head. Oh my gosh! Hey, what? I, I want to bring this up because Ashley told me you are a master of racket sports, and that you played tennis in college. Davey yeah. says tennis players aren't great athletes. Uh, also, he's into pickleball. So next time, next time he's in Waco, I want to see you guys play pickleball because he's talking about how good he is. I'm pretty yeah. sure you could wax him. Hey, hey, I tell you, I tell you, pickleball. Uh, I know LeBron and a bunch of people have getting gotten behind that. That's a great sport. Uh, my dad's in uh, uh, Phoenix, and and it's you go to the park. It's six o'clock to ten o'clock. I mean, they are lined up it's to crazy. play pickleball. It's crazy. So, when you first, when by the way, you first mentioned pickleball like ten years ago, I was like. That sounds like something for old white people. I, I, that's literally was the first thought press. Like old rich white people. That's literally what I thought in my head. Like, but you actually played. It's pretty decent. And by the way, uh, Pastor Jay was also. He was a. Were you a national champion or were you a runner up? Runner up. Runner up. Okay, sorry, I didn't know that. Um, runner I up. I played tennis in college. He was a runner up tennis player in in college. By the way, and and I beat the crap out of him in pickleball too. So I'm not real worried about it. Hey, wait, wait. He really beat you. 
Oh, yeah. He did not. The last 10 games we played, my son and I waxed Pollock. What about one-on-one? What about one-on-one? Okay. What about, hey, whoa, whoa. What about one-on-one when we played, Pastor Jay? We played once one-on-one in his gym. It it's not, not even a regulation court. Coach, it's not even a, it's, it's, not, it's a beat And that's down. the first time I've ever played in my life. It's a beat. Oh, see, listen to the excuses. Oh, I haven't uh, even played. Hey, I've never hey, even played. Hey, are, do you, you ever deal with excuse players? He's making excuse up rules players, as we go. Palms up type guys. He's making like, up oh, rules as we go. Palms up, you know. Hey, it shows your intelligence, though. You played him one time, you got the win, and you won't give him another shot. No, I no, no. It. He didn't win. He won He won two on two. He did not win one on one, coach. That was a different yeah, yeah, That's what I mean. You beat him one on one, he's done. He doesn't get another no, shot. No, absolutely yeah. not. Well, we appreciate you, coach. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys have a blessed day. Thanks for all you do. Thanks, right, coach. Really appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. I love the phrase, not every kid can go to the NBA, but every kid can go to heaven. What is most important for you and your family? Is it sports? Is it something else? Any answer other than a relationship with God is the wrong answer. That's it. Sports are amazing. I love sports. Davey loves sports. Pastor Jay loves sports. Scott Drew loves sports. Our producer Woj loves sports. I'm sure all of you listeners out there love sports as well. But let's invest in something that's going to last for all eternity. Our souls. Your kids' souls. If you found this episode helpful or encouraging or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.